KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. Drexel University's Dornsife School of Public Health and its College of Nursing and Health Professions recently received an interesting grant. It's from the National Institutes of Health, and it's for $14.4 million over five years. That money is for the hiring of diverse early career researchers who will focus their research on health disparities. We wanted to learn more about the importance of this grant, learn more about the importance of studying these health disparities, so we caught up with Dr. Anna. Diaz Rue. She is the Dean of Drexel University's Dornsife School of Public Health. Really interesting conversation. Give a listen. So first off, just kind of tell me about this grant, what it's all about, why it's important. This is a really exciting grant. Uh, We get many grants, but this one is really special. And it's really special and different because it's a new initiative that the National Institutes of Health, NIH, has launched to address Two big problems, I think. Uh, One is uh, to ensure that we have a diverse research workforce working in health uh, and to make sure that we support um, the development of investigators from many different backgrounds, particularly those um, investigators of color in particular who tend to be underrepresented in many aspects of health research. Um, and 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 this you know creates many problems which we can talk about. And the second uh, aspect is that that is really interesting about this grant is that it's not just about recruiting and supporting a new team of investigators, but it's also about transforming universities and institutions so that they create environments that are more uh, inclusive more supportive of the development of faculty from from different from different backgrounds so that we can really make a difference in terms of our, of our understanding of what drives patterns of health and population health and in particular you know the inequities which we have seen so visibly illustrated so clearly illustrated with covid when we talk about diversity i mean it's important at any level but specifically within public health and all, a diversity of viewpoints and life experiences, I would guess just helps to eliminate blind spots. If you've got a bunch of middle-aged white men doing it in good faith, but don't have the life experiences, don't know directions to look, you know, trends and stuff like that, it really is incredibly important to get a picture, especially at a diversity like Philadelphia, of what you're looking at, right? That's exactly right. Um, uh, uh, you know, it's it's in any health problem, any kind of health research, not just research on health disparities and health equity, but in any kind of research, we know that having diverse backgrounds, people who have had different experiences in their lives with, with different histories, and, um, you know, different backgrounds, um, makes us get at the truth better. I mean, that's been demonstrated and that's what we want to do in science, right? So, you know, it, it it's really it's really important. And so I, you know, it's it's really, I think, forward thinking that NIH is has launched this initiative because it's as I said, it's very, very different from other things that they've done. And 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 so it's, you know, uh hopefully it will continue. To that point, uh 
how surprised were you about this? If it's so different from what you usually see, um, did you kind of feel like things were turning and we were going to get a different view? Is this something that the pandemic has kind of ripped the Band-Aid off a lot of the inequities that maybe a lot of us didn't realize or just thought were baked in? Did you know How surprised were you to see them go in this direction? Well, I think a number of factors have contributed. Certainly, uh, several years ago, there were a number of studies published, in particular one study that showed, for example, that investigators of color, particularly Black and Latino investigators, were less successful at getting grants at NIH than other investigators. And there was a lot of discussion about why that is and what's going on, et cetera. And so there were a series, at that point, there were a series of recommendations made to uh, understand what's happening more and to address it, right? And and so this has been percolating through, you know, um, through the thinking, I think, at NIH, at a range of, you know, funders. Um, And then, of course, um, uh, certainly what we saw with COVID, which made so visible these inequities and also the you know social movement sort of the that emerged that was reinvigorated in the you know after the murder of George Floyd of course all of this brought you know increased attention to the urgency of addressing these issues um, and also thinking about you know what are the practices that we have in academia that are racist or, you know, that are not allowing all investigators to develop to their full potential and contribute uh, to the science that we need. This is a project that we're doing jointly with the College of Nursing and Health Professions at Drexel, which is really nice, too, to have public health and nursing and health professions working together. Um, You know, when we saw the announcement, we were really, you know, thrilled by it. And we said, we have to, we have to try. And, uh, and we were, you know, really gratified that we were selected as one of the initial six sites of this of this project. How much of a project was it to apply for this? I know a lot of times these things can be cumbersome and stuff like that. Was this a, a process in itself in getting all the ducks in a row? Yeah, it was. It was. It was, you know, it's these uh, it was it was a big big proposal with many pieces. And it was uh, a, a unique aspect of it is that it brings uh, brings together certainly nursing and health professions and public health, but also the university as a whole, um, other schools and colleges, you know, the higher levels of administration, uh, President Fry, Provost Jensen, you know, were involved as well in ensuring that the university is also cost sharing and supporting this project. So it really involved and also, you know, engaging um, uh, the the strategic plan of the university, the university's anti-racism plan as well. Um, so it really brought together many different pieces. So it was, you know, it was a, a lot of work to pull it together, but definitely, definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, if I read correctly, I think it, it was 14.4 million over five years. How well, long will, do you anticipate it will take uh, to get this up and running as far as the hires and get the the people you want in the positions you want. Because once again, I come back to that word cumbersome when it comes to a government grant and bureaucracy, it can in, at times slow things down a bit. Yeah, that's true. Well, during this first year of the grant, we will be 
preparing a series of activities, materials, planning, and also beginning to search for the new faculty. So we will be putting out an announcement very soon um, to search for 12 new faculty who would be starting as soon as next fall, so the fall of 2022. And we're also spending the year preparing a series of activities that will support and planning for a series of activities that will support the faculty and also really taking a look, uh, taking a hard look at the various, at the ways in which we do things, like how do we do faculty searches? How do we make sure that they are inclusive and that they, you know, they really reach out to investigators from varying backgrounds at different kinds of institutions, et cetera? How do we ensure that when we, when we evaluate investigators that we are doing it fairly and um, and in a way that does not unfairly reward some and penalize others because of the topics that they focus on or things like that. How, how do we ensure as a university that our promotion, the way in which we promote faculty is also equitable and inclusive? So there's a lot of groundwork to be done in terms of processes. You know, I think many institutions are going through this now, really looking carefully at what they do and how they do it to do as much as we can to make sure that we are uh, anti-racist and inclusive and, and equitable. And that's that's hard, hard work, but needs to be done. Will all these positions focus on researching health disparities? Am I understanding that correctly? Yes, we have. Uh, we, we decided to focus our proposal on the issue of health disparities. Um, Within health disparities, we have different areas of emphasis. Um, Aging is one area of emphasis. Uh, You know, we have an aging population all over the world, and certainly in Philadelphia, but in in all over the world. And there are particular health disparity issues in aging populations. Uh, Chronic diseases, because that's another area where we see, you know, we saw, of course, with COVID, everyone's talking about COVID and infectious diseases, but there are also major inequities in chronic diseases, cardiovascular disease, you know, cancer, diabetes, hypertension, et cetera. And the third area of emphasis um, has to do with environmental factors, environmental factors broadly defined. So, you know, classic environmental things that you might think about, like air pollution, toxic, et cetera, but also the green spaces, built environments, neighborhoods, social, environmental things. And so, so we're going to be searching for faculty who focus on any of these three areas or their interrelation. Um, and we chose, we chose to focus uh, our project on health disparities because, because it is such a critical issue in our city uh, and also in the United States and frankly, globally. And because we have, you know, the expertise at Drexel University across many different units to, to provide a good, you know, a good setting for that kind of work, to support that kind of work in a way that will, you know, allow it to be impactful. Um, so that's why we chose that theme. So that is our theme for this project. Yeah. Health just- equity, health disparities. And just to to kind of drill down on the the concept of health disparities, because I think that is a phrase that I think people hear and they kind of understand in the the general idea. But kind of explain it to me: Is it basically why one group gets better outcomes 
than other groups? Am, am I simplifying it too much? Kind of go into that for me a little. Yeah, no, I think I think you I think you you've gotten the the core of it. It it's really health disparities or health inequities are are differences across in health outcomes and many different health outcomes that we see across social groups that are linked that are unfair and linked to injustices and social and environmental inequities, right? So they are things that uh, are addressable. There are big differences across social groups, and there are many kinds of dimensions across which these inequities exist, certainly by race, by uh, social class, by neighborhood, by uh, sexual orientation and gender identity. Um, and, And these differences are preventable. So there's, you know, they're not natural, they're not genetic, they're not something that we can't, they're created by the way in which our society is organized, in, ultimately, right? And so, and of course, you know, it's complex, the, the causes are complex and involve many different kinds of factors um, working together, things about people, their histories, things about where they live, biology plays a role, of course, but these differences are primarily driven by by social processes um, that have to do with in, with you know income inequality, with neighborhood segregation, with historical processes of um, systemic racism and exclusion of certain groups, et cetera. And so, and so that means that we can intervene to eliminate these disparities. There are things we can do. There there are policies, there are interventions that we can implement. And and some of those are within the healthcare system. You know, there are things we can do better within healthcare. Um, But a a lot of the causes are outside the traditional purview of what a doctor can do, right? It's more it's it, it's it's in the in the world of social and economic policy and urban planning and uh, civil rights and you know and, and so that's what makes it you know uh, really challenging to study and you really need to think about multiple different factors acting together and collaborate with many different disciplines and many different sectors to figure out you know how what we what we need to do as a society to eliminate these inequities. Will these new positions focus specifically on Philadelphia with regards to uh, health disparity or will it be a wider view or will it vary? I think it will vary. You know, we are really seeking, uh, we'll be looking for, you know, for outstanding young uh, early career, I should say, outstanding early career researchers. Um, I, I suspect some of them will focus specifically on Philadelphia. Others, others may not. There are many commonalities across different cities in the United States or even cities across the world or even countries more generally about, about uh, you know, what drives these inequities. I mean, there's certainly differences, but there's some fundamental things which are common. And so I think, you know, there's room to do research, which is, you know, maybe located in a certain context that is applicable in other settings. So we may be doing research here in Philadelphia, which is relevant for other cities in the United States or research in the in other countries, which is relevant 
to the U.S. too. So I think we really want to take a broad approach um, to this. And, and we're also focused, I think another important aspect of the project is that it really spans the whole range of health health disparities and health inequities research from understanding the basic processes that are driving this, including, you know, the way in which the social world affects biology. You know, for example, there's research showing that your social world affects epigenetics, which is how genes turn on and off, you know, which is amazing if you think about it. Um, or how certain policies affect behaviors, et cetera, or how, you know, a history of, of residential segregation affects what people are exposed to today in their neighborhoods. Um, so causal, trying to develop causal explanations, why do we see these differences? What are the causes? All the way to what can we do practically, right, to intervention or implementation, so it's really that whole span. It's basic understanding, but it's also very action oriented in terms of, you know, policy evaluation or um, identifying what works, how different interventions need to be tailored to different groups, too. Sometimes that's called implementation science in, in the jargon. So it's, it's really the whole picture that we want to look at because we think we really need to do that. Without pinning you down on statistics or anything, when it comes to health disparities, what you guys have studied and what you know about Philadelphia, is Philadelphia pretty much in line with other major cities? Are there more serious problems with it? Are we a little better? Do you have a way of judging that? Well, that's the that's a hard question to answer very precisely. Uh, what, what I can say is, you know, Philadelphia is is a city with very high levels of poverty, uh, as we know. Um, and uh, in many ways, it is similar to many other cities in the United States, but also across the world in, um, in the levels of inequities that we see, for example, across race, across neighborhoods, um, uh, across um, social classes across levels of income. So the patterns are, you know, actually quite similar across many different cities. Um, uh, and Philadelphia, because it is a city with high poverty experience, sees those inequities very visibly as well. Um, even across Philadelphia neighborhoods, the we worked with the Department of Public Health on our, on our report called Close to Home, which really described for the city of Philadelphia, you know, these very large differences in in levels of health across neighborhoods within our city. In this, Philadelphia is no exception. It's very similar to other cities. Um, but this is not, even though we see it across many cities, I think it's important to remember that this is not inevitable. It's not like a natural thing that has to happen, right? It's created by the way, as I was saying earlier, by, the, by, by our society. And 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 by and that means that there are things that we can do to so that these inequities are not present, right? I feel like the pandemic really has shown a light on health disparities and health inequities in American society. Obviously, in your field, this is something you've been shouting from the mountaintops, but I feel like it's a terrible way to get the message across, but the pandemic has kind of shown how big a problem this is. 
does that accelerate trying to address it when you get more buy-in from people that understand the basics of the problem? I think absolutely. The pandemic, I by kind of illustrating so vividly how big these differences are, you know, and and seeing this in the newspaper or in the media every day, I think it has really brought a new urgency to this, um, to this issue of health inequities, which those of us who have been working in this field for many, many years, you know, we have, as you were saying, we were, we have been talking about this for, for a long time. And so, you know, I guess one potential, you know, good thing that came out of the pandemic is that that we're talking about this that and and also i think that the public is talking about this you know because this is an issue which is cannot be solved by you know scientists we can contribute to understanding it to providing some ideas about what might work but but this is an issue that is so built into our society that it really it's something that we all have to address together. So what what's what's really good I think is that we see so much discussion of this now uh in the you know among the public. Um and 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 hopefully you know a new way of thinking about what causes ill health because I think there's still in many conversations and in many discussions of health there's a tendency to revert back to the the more biomedical thinking, right? Oh, it's your genes, you know. It's it's because you know you you have risk factors and you're not treating them. Uh, it's because of your the choices that you make, and yeah, all these things contribute. But in reality, these other factors are are drivers of these things, and much more important in terms of you know, what drives health. And, but that requires thinking about health in a different way, right? Not rever- this sort of, you know, reverting always to the biomedical solution, right? Um, so I hope, you know, I hope that, you know, with COVID, you know, we we will eventually develop, you know, we're already seeing treatments for COVID, the vaccines will are definitely helping us. But But we have to remember that we still have to address these underlying social and economic and historical uh, factors, including structural racism that generated the patterns that we see even after we get past COVID, right? (laughs) Um, I think that, I hope that that continues and that we don't forget. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.